Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. I recently joined as a member, and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O C-O. As the seasons change, so do we. May we be aware we are shifting just like the wind. Unknown. Hey everyone, what's up? And welcome back to another episode on the Hipster Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Betters. And if you're a first-time listener to the show, I would like to say welcome and to say thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to listen. It's my sincere hope that you find something useful, enlightening, entertaining, and who knows, maybe you'll find all of the above while listening to this podcast. I just want to take a quick moment to say that I hope you're all staying safe, staying healthy, and staying grounded in any way that feels right for you during these very crazy and hectic times, especially during the whole COVID-19 pandemic. You know, just navigating all these changes in general, especially for parents who are having to navigate whether or not their kids are going to be going back to school and, you know, just everything in between. I mean, there is so many changes. It's almost hard to keep up with. But anyway, without further ado, let's jump right into today's episode. So today's episode, I would like to preface with a question. Have you guys heard of the song from Bob Dylan, The Times They Are Changing? Times are changing, and especially with the fact that, like I said earlier in the introduction of this episode, there is a lot of changes. There's a lot of changes that are going on with parents having to navigate, you know, going back to school, getting school supplies purchased for their kids, as well as in navigating their own work schedules if they're still continuing to work from home or having to find another job as a result of like losing their other job to begin with. I don't know the circumstances for some parents because I just feel like at the end of the day, that's really none of my business either. But I decided to do some research into the fact like change is actually needed. And I actually pulled this one article that I found and it comes from thelawofattraction.com. Eight signs that change is needed. And that's the title of the article. It was written by Katherine Hurst. So the idea that change can be intimidating, especially if it's on a grand scale. Well, when you consider the whole pandemic as that being on a grand scale, as well as parents having to navigate their own work schedules, as well as having to navigate their kids' future in-person learning or distance learning, that can be on a very grand scale. However, change can also be incredibly exciting, allowing you to move towards full potential, especially if you find that there's things in your life that you may be lacking. And in fact, that there are actually some signs that you may be missing that are trying to tell you that change is needed. I wanted to just read this article to you guys a little bit and I thought this was pretty nice and I felt like it really summed it up really nicely and personally for me I have been finding that I have been needing a lot of change lately because I mean oh my gosh I my mood is not very good at this point even though I sound pretty upbeat right now I'm trying to do my best to stay upbeat but I've been lacking a purpose still I've just had like a lot of low self-esteem as of lately and I'm feeling a little bit jealous of other people just because I feel like they have it all together. But then when I really start thinking about it, none of us really have it all together. We can try and lie to ourselves as much as we want to. 
the first sign that shows you that change is needed is like I said, when you don't have a purpose or have a sense of purpose, different people find their life's meaning in different things. So an example that the article provides is that you may have a sibling who draws the majority of their joy from nurturing a family while one of your friends may be thriving because their career means everything to them. And then the next question you really want to ask yourself, is there something in your life that you can point to as providing a solid sense of purpose? If not, you'll likely benefit from dedicating that energy to figuring out what you really care about and changing your life path to accommodate the things that actually mean the most to you. And I think this makes a lot of sense is that different people find their meaning in different things, whether that be working a nonprofit or doing art, if they really are passionate about art or writing or podcasting or anything in between like that. I mean, you can start changing your life's path to accommodate the things that you actually care about. So by all means, if you're finding that you're, you don't have a sense of purpose, well, let's start changing your life's path. Like start doing that and just see if that actually helps you. And then the second sign that change is needed is when your mood is flat. Oh boy, do I know all about this because my mood has been pretty flat for the last several weeks. I'm I'm not going to lie about that, especially with everything that's happened for as far as, you know, my son school like shutting down around spring break. That really was not that was not a lot of fun. When your mood is flat, like while you might assume that you're only in need of radical change, that if you're feeling downright depressed, a flat mood is also a sign that your life is currently unsatisfying. And if you haven't felt happy or inspired for a long time, you need to start asking yourself what used to make you feel good. But however, I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys that I have been doing all this stuff 100% either because there's been many circumstances where I've literally let some of my self-care kind of go out the window a little bit. And that is something that makes me feel good, especially if I am feeling a little bit down. And I know that I need to start asking myself, you know, these things like what used to make me feel really happy. So another example that the article also says that perhaps you used to feel excited about going to work, but the positivity kind of dwindled after taking on a new role or if you're like experiencing the whole COVID pandemic uh, you may have lost your job you may not be going to work you may not have your sense of purpose because you know you don't have anything like your mood is flat you know that is completely understandable and I wish I had the right answer for that but obviously I don't so again I think what they're saying is that you need to find what used to make you feel good Third sign that change is needed is when you have low self-esteem. And when you're living purposefully and treating yourself well, your self-esteem actually naturally starts to grow. On the other hand, if your days feel aimless or you're starting to burn out, it's all too easy to start putting yourself down and you feel like you're not worth much at all. And that's a very dangerous rabbit hole to go down. And I will tell you, and I'm going to be honest with you, I actually started to feel like that for a little while, that I was not worth anything that I was starting to feel a little burnt out because I lost my part-time job. I lost my internship, you know, this year, actually, now that I'm starting to go back down that rabbit hole and I'm starting to think about it a little bit more. Uh, I lost my my direction. My self-esteem actually started to go down a lot because these were the things that actually made me happy. The article also goes on to say that you start to wonder if you just don't deserve good things or begin to believe that it's your destiny to never find love, abundance, or success. And oh, boyfriend or girlfriend, if you're listening to this right now, I have felt that on more than one occasion. I have literally felt all of these things where I feel like I don't deserve good things, that I even started to believe that I don't deserve the abundance that I am looking for out of my life or that I don't even deserve success. And that's not the case. It's one of those things that it's gonna happen, but it's just gonna take a little while. And I know that sucks to say that, especially for me hearing that coming out of my own mouth out loud, 
it's going to happen, but it's not going to be on my time. It's going to happen when I least expect it. The fourth sign that change is needed is when you start to feel jealous of others. And I'm not going to lie, that's pretty uncomfortable to admit that. It's uncomfortable to kind of even just feel jealous of anybody in general, but that's also a warning sign that something's not right with the way that you're currently living. It causes you to ask yourself, what is causing these feelings of envy? Like, is it someone who is a happy couple or letting you know that your own relationship isn't meeting your needs? Is it the freedom that other people get to enjoy, suggesting that you feel trapped in current circumstances? And once again, you can learn a lot from just choosing to look at your jealousy instead of repressing it. They're saying here, what at least what I'm getting out of it, is that you need to start looking at jealousy instead of like trying to turn away from it or trying to like just basically like shove it down. Or as I've heard the term like quote unquote shoving shit down. Don't do that because it's better to just kind of look at it head on and deal with it head on than it is to just basically avoid it. Number five is when you're finding that you're self-soothing in unhealthy ways. I kind of have been doing that a little bit lately. I'm not going to say I'm an alcoholic by any means. I've noticed that I have been drinking a little bit more on occasion than what I used to way back then. And it says we all have our own methods of like relaxing and unwinding. But if you're starting to turn to excessive amounts of drugs or alcohol in order to numb yourself to unpleasant feelings or escape from your life, it's almost certain that it's time for change. And like I said, it's not like I'm an alcoholic because I'm definitely not. But I have noticed that I used to drink just like one, maybe two beers. Sometimes I'm drinking three, sometimes four. But that depends on the occasion, on what's going on. I've noticed that I need to stop doing that. I really do need to stop doing that. Again, the article actually goes on to say, saying that you need to start thinking about exactly what it is that you're trying to repress or evade when you attempt to artificially enhance your mood. And you need to start asking yourself like what you need to change in order to no longer feel reliant on mood altering substances, which I'm not saying I do drugs because I definitely do not do that. I drink on occasion when the time calls for it. Uh, Sometimes it's nice to just kind of like let your hair down. And I am not saying do this all the time. And I definitely do not do that all the time. Yeah, I mean, I've noticed that I, I have been drinking two, maybe three more beers than what I should be drinking. And when I say beers, I mean like hard ciders. Yeah, I, I can't be doing that anymore. And I, I'm starting to realize that little by little. Number six, for the other sign that change is needed, is that the little things constantly get you down. That is a hundred freaking percent for me lately. The little things have started to get me down. And then actually the article mentions that when you're happy with the way life is going, small annoyances and setbacks only appear on your radar as small blips before you're able to put them aside. However, if you're dissatisfied and bored with your days, you're likely to worry about these little things. They become extremely aggravated or bitter. And noticing that you're deeply bothered about petty things should give you pause to consider whether it's time to make a fundamental change. And oh boy, yes, again, this is basically, this whole article, I swear, is just calling me out on my crap and I I need that. Thank you. And then number seven is when you have no energy. And lately I've been finding that I'm actually sleeping better at night because I started taking um, CBD oil and that's like the under the tongue tincture. And actually I have been on it for over a month and a half now. So I've noticed that I'm actually starting to sleep better at night, which I absolutely love. (laughs) But anyway, so you have no energy and it's when you wake up feeling drained every morning and your doctors have reassured you there's no other underlying health conditions causing this fatigue. Perhaps you're just exhausted by spending your time on things that truly don't mean anything to you. 
And in fact, the question that the article wants you to ask yourself is, when was the last time you actually felt invigorated and alive? What were you doing? Perhaps there are vital clues there that can show you what you need more in your life and what you need to be doing just really to give yourself that energy back, to get that pep in your step, whatever you want to call it. Finally, the last sign of change that you need to do is you're asking, is this it? And like I said, oh boy, (laughs) when I read this article, I was like, This article, it's speaking to me in so many ways. You know what I mean? The final question it wants you to ask yourself is, do you frequently find yourself wondering whether this is really all life has to offer? And in fact, this article is telling you that this may be the biggest sign of all, that it's time to consider stepping up and making some major changes. And when people start working through the law of attraction, many of them are motivated by the nagging sense that there must be something more, something better. And thankfully, the truth is that you can transform your life and attain all that you deserve. You just have to be willing to work hard to change the way you think and learn how to tap into that positive, powerful energy that you already have that's either all around you or that's been inside of you all this time. Like I said, I'm not trying to get, you know, all too like weird on you guys or hippy dippy-ish, but you have to be able to tap back into that. And I'm, I'm learning more and more that I need to start tapping back into that as well. But anyway, I'm going to take a quick break and I will be right back after this. Today's episode is brought to you by Kangaroo. Kangaroo was created to ensure that everyone has access to home security. Every product Kangaroo makes starts with three questions. Is it simple? Can it be produced at a price that everyone can afford? And is it secure? With Kangaroo, you never pay for unnecessary bells and whistles, and you know your data is going to be secure. The Front Door Security Kit is a simple setup with no tools or tech geeks required. If you have Wi-Fi and a smartphone, you can use Kangaroo. Go to heykangaroo.com to learn more and start keeping your home safe today. And be sure to use the code RINGDONG, that's all capital letters, R-I-N-G, D-O-N-G for 20% off any Kangaroo Complete subscription order. And I am back. I just had to get a refill of my water here because I find that after a while for talking, my throat kind of gets dry a little bit, but I swear I'm not sick. I, I swear I'm not sick. I swear I can't spread germs through this podcast. So you guys are safe. <laughs> Let's get back to what we were talking about. We're talking about changes. And I think that another big change that has to be circulating quite frequently now is the fact of whether or not parents want to send their kids back to school. And I found an article from Forbes.com and it was written by Aaron Colby. He is a contributor, which I think that means that he's just, he contributes to the Forbes.com website as a writer. The article, sending kids back to school too soon may keep working parents at home. I mean, that's reasonable concern but once again it says that it may keep working parents at home that's not necessarily saying that it's going to happen he goes on to say here that working parents are struggling with whether to send their kids back to school in the fall and because many of them rely on school for childcare, so they can go to work but kids going back to school too quickly and without the right resources may have the opposite impact recent studies and events show that kids spread COVID-19 in group settings because young kids cannot quarantine alone many working parents may be exposed forced to quarantine and unable to go to work 
I'm not dismissing that. That is reasonable concerns. And here it says that kids returning to school does not automatically mean parents are returning to work, which, you know, again, I think that's reasonable. Like we need to be realistic that sometimes just because kids are returning to school does not mean that the parents that were working from home are able to go back to work because a lot of the workplaces are still shut down because of the whole COVID-19 pandemic. That he goes on to say, and I quote, we know that COVID-19 presents a lower risk to the health of kids and young adults. But in deciding when to reopen schools, the question is whether going back to school increases the chances of them bringing COVID-19 back home, effectively quarantining those in the house who would otherwise go to work, end quote. You know, that's reasonable, you know, again, because I'm not dismissing the concerns of COVID by any means, because it is a very real thing. Obviously, there has been people who have passed away from it. But from everything that I have been reading, because I do try to follow this as much as I can within reason, because, you know, after a while, I kind of have to take a break from watching the news because it just seems like it's a never ending cycle. And, you know, I, I feel like that's not a bad thing either, because you have to take care of your your mental health as well. And sometimes falling down those news rabbit holes can really really take a toll on that. But it says that parents are faced with a few good options. For many working parents, the ability to earn an income is tied to kids going back to school. School is primary form of childcare for many households. And there is no doubt that the economy cannot fully recover until schools reopen. And Colby goes on to say this, and I quote, this leaves parents wondering, number one, how likely is COVID-19 to spread among young kids physically at school? And number two, what will happen to my ability to continue to go to work if my child is exposed to COVID-19 at school? End quote. And, you know, the, the push for kids to go back to school, that's very real, as we have been seeing that in the news lately. And according to the article, the CDC guidelines strongly favor reopening schools for on-campus learning, and it emphasizes, and I quote, the importance of in-person education for the development of social skills, mental health, and to ensure that students don't fall behind, adding that school closures disproportionately harm low-income and minority children, along with those living with disabilities, end quote. And again, that's very... Um, uh, very good argument because there's a lot of these kids that like they were just mentioning that have low income and also minority children because for some of those low income families the only way that their kids are able to even eat is at school and they have you know they have the opportunities to apply for low budget type meals you know like things that were within their budget that they can actually pay for but somehow that's the only way that some of these kids are able to even get a meal you know at school sometimes they're not even able to eat at home and that's really sad no kid needs to suffer that and I know that's not always the fault of the parents by any means because I don't know the circumstances if anything it's not right for me to even judge that anyway the article also goes on to say that if like pushing to reopen schools the federal government has also argued that the kids are less likely to spread COVID-19 the advocates for reopening cite a recent study from South Korea that the under age 10 years old spread the virus much less than adults do but the risk is still not at zero which you know again I can see that yeah, um, there's so many studies that they've done on this. This is crazy. Two new studies find that kids not only spread COVID-19 efficiently, but may be major drivers of the pandemic. That's very interesting. The first study published in JAMA, which I am not sure what that actually stands for, and I'm not going to you know, butcher it by any means. So we'll just leave it at that. On July 30th, reports finding from a pediatric hospital in Chicago, the study examines the concentration of COVID-19 in the nasopharynx or the upper region of the throat that connects to the nasal passages of children and adults. The study reports that kids younger than six years old who develop mild to moderate COVID-19 symptoms have 10 to 1 
100 times as much SARS-CoV-2 in the nasopharynx as older children and adults. And kids ages 5 to 17 years old have the same amount of the virus in their nasopharynx as adults age 18 and older. In another study, which is a preprint manuscript that's actually awaiting peer review, according to the article, it reported that the results of an extensive contact tracing study that was conducted in Trento, an autonomous region in northern Italy. Despite a total lockdown that began in March that included the closure of schools, the Trento case numbers rose exponentially, and the manuscript reports that kids younger than 15 years old spread the virus more efficiently than adults and, and I quote, were more likely to infect household members, end quote. The risk of transmission was 22.4%, more than double the 11% contagion rate of adults ages between 30 and 49 and the youngest participants were the most efficient spreaders the younger the child the higher the concentration of SARS CoV2 in their nasal passages that was also consistent with that Chicago study I mean I'm not gonna read you guys the entire article but exposure at school means quarantine from work And businesses are guided by the CDC and states to conduct daily health screenings of workers who come to work to slow the spread. Federal law permits these inquiries as COVID-19 is a, quote, direct threat to the workplace. The worker health screenings consist of temperature checks and questions about workers' symptoms and possible exposures to others who may be positive. As a result, a worker living with a child who was infected or exposed to COVID-19 at school will likely have to notify their employer, given the CDC requires that individuals exposed to people with known or suspected COVID-19 should be quickly identified and quarantined. And it says workers will be forced out of work while quarantined. Well, it's unfortunate, but at least we've got that COVID-19 pay, right? At least some places do. I don't know if that's for every place, and I'm not going to say it's for every place because to say that would be wrong information. Really, it it's just sad. And here at the end of the article, he's saying reopening schools where there is a spike in cases and without quick, accurate, and widespread testing may lead to inevitable spread, exposures, quarantines, and disruptions to households and businesses, which I think that's just a given that that's going to happen. I mean, at the same time, I would have to argue that we still need to reopen schools because after a while, even though they're showing that some of these signs are actually prominent, but a lot of the schools are actually making these kids wear face masks. So, you know, like I said, I'm not going to get into a debate about face masks by any means. I I mean, really, at the end of the day, we just as parents, we need to make the decision for ourselves and our children about whether we think that sending them back to school is going to be the best way to go. My thing too is that we can't put the parents down that decide to keep their kids home and homeschool them if that's what they want to do. And we shouldn't be putting them down about that. But we also shouldn't make the parents who are sending their kids back to school feel bad about it as well. Because in my opinion, and this is just strictly my opinion, we have enough craziness going on in the world as it is. There's enough stress and tension as it is. Like let's not add more to that by putting parents down for keeping their kids home, homeschooling them, or sending the kids back to school. Because for me, it was a very tough decision. Me and my husband, we really sat down and we contemplated on whether or not it would be reasonable to keep my son home to be homeschooled. Our experience with the distance learning that happened, it got to the point after a while, it just wasn't possible and it wasn't feasible because after so long, he was just not interested in it. And it's sad to say that, but that's that's what it was. That That's how it played out. You know, like I said, we're not going to blame parents. Like, let's not do the blame game. Like, you shouldn't be keeping 
keeping your kids home because they need to socialize. Oh, you're you're sending your kids to school because that's going to make them sick because they're going to end up contracting COVID-19. Well, we don't know that. I mean, we, we still don't know that, even though the science is coming out saying like one way or the other that they have the virus like within the nasopharynx or like those, you know, nasal passages that connect to the throat. Or we're saying that, oh, we can't do that because it's going to stunt their growth being either mentally or socially or everything in between. We need to stop making parents feel bad about it. And if there's anything that you guys can take away from this episode is that Change is inevitable. We need to find ways that are going to work best for us. And at the same time, we know that change is inevitable for kids. We need to find things that are actually going to work best for them. Again, we need to be just respectful and supportive of the other parents that decide to either send their kids back to school because of reasons that have nothing to do with anybody else. It has everything to do with just what is going to work best for their family, just like the families that decide to keep their kids home to homeschool them. I will include those articles in the show notes if you would like to take a look at those. Again, we don't know the circumstances. And like I've said before, we need to stop adding more stress to an already stressful situation. Let's not put one another down. Instead, let's be supportive and just really show a little bit of empathy because I truly believe empathy goes a long way. That's all the time that I have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's show. I would love it if you would rate and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to, and I would so appreciate it if you left a review on Apple Podcasts, as this helps to boost the show's visibility, as well as letting me know how well the show is doing and just making sure that you guys are enjoying the show's content. Also, if you would like to, you can follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and you can find that at The Hipster Mom Podcast. I will be back very soon with a brand new episode. So until next time, keep living your best life. Peace.